The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible for any injuries sustained while listening to include but not limited to busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, alcohol poisoning, and a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle, as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit, and listener discretion is advised. Epstein didn't kill him. If you died today, what dreams, what ideas, what gifts, what talents, what voice, what stories will die with you? See, a lot of people go to work every day miserable and all they do is just talk about how miserable they are. But they don't do anything about it. You know that you're deliberately operating below your potential, you've gotten comfortable. You stop expanding, you stop stretching, you stop challenging yourself. It's hard living. Life is hard. So most people don't use their imaginations. Most people don't dream anymore. Why? Because through the conditioning process of life, after so many rejections, see, you know what you can do. You know what you have done. And you also have seen what has been done by others in your environment and by others in your circumstances. Then you look at where you want to go. And what most people do, they do that which they feel they know that can work because they've already done it or they've seen it done. And so they allow their negative history to determine the possibilities for them. And so when they run into a roadblock, even if they have something beyond their comfort zone, when they run into a roadblock, something happens to them. Most people allow life to control them and their circumstances. Look into the future. What is it you want? What is it you'd like to create for you? You want to make your dream come true, you got to stay focused. Some people rather get even than get ahead. Stay focused on where you want to go. This is not going to be it for my life. I deserve more than this. See, that will start making you do some stuff. Not only is it possible for you to have your dream, but it's necessary. It's necessary that you have it, that you work on it, that you develop yourself, that you go for what is yours in the universe. The major key to your reaching your dream, your living up to your greatness, your making your contribution to your making things happen in your life is you. But you've got to take personal responsibility to make it happen. 
that you make it happen, that you don't give up, that you don't take any objection or disappointment or defeats personally, that you keep on keeping on, that you don't decide that I can't make it because you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Live your life with passion, with some drive. You've got to remind yourself that you've got powers within you, talents within you that you haven't even reached for yet. See, whatever dream you got, that dream, that idea, that has been given to you. There's no guarantee that because somebody is now down on their luck, they can never come back. Who can guarantee that you can't make it? That you can't have your dream? Who can guarantee that you can't do what you want to do? No one can do that. No one can predict that. All we need to do is we look at our dreams. As we get ready to hit the floor, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Roll Call Room Podcast. And now your host, Nick and Mike. Epstein didn't kill himself. That song never gets old. I know. Season two, episode one, Mike. Yeah, 2020, baby. 2020, 2020. already. Yeah, it's crazy man. after the banner year that we have had in 2019, and we kick it off with a banner episode. Mike, I leave it to you. Well, I want to thank uh, our, we have a guest in studio today. Whoop, whoop. Uh, my boy, Dan from Ohio. Pleasure to be He's here. A good friend of mine. Uh, we went through the academy together. He was a cop here in the Blessed Commonwealth, and he wanted to get back home to Ohio where he's from. So he since left and went back. But we've stayed in touch for over now. a decade now. Um, we have, we kind of, he's kind of a friend that I could pick up the phone and it's like, we just fucking had this conversation. We just picked right. up like right where we, right, left, right off. Where we left off. Hey, bro, how are you? Two oh, years. It's oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like last month. I yeah. love you, bro. I love you, bro. <laughs> you know, um, be safe, you know. And that's great because you need friends like that, especially in this profession, man, because we're few and far between. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, too yeah. many snakes in the field. Mm-hmm. Plenty. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we got into a really heavy discussion. He's visiting me. He's down here staying with us for, you know, um, this is actually pre-New Year's, but we're making it look like it's post-New Year's. But whatever. Um, for the New Year's, he's coming down to visit the area. And we wanted to chit-chat because we really get into some really deep, heavy conversations with politics and policing. This is a huge hot topic. We got a ton of requests last season. Yes. When are you guys going to do one on politics and policing? You know, the Second Amendment stuff in Virginia and blah, 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 blah. So we kind of had to tread lightly with the first couple episodes to kind of feel the waters out. Uh, We're pretty much good. We got a green light to go ahead. 
um, and address some of the issues here. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. And we're going to do some funny shit, too. Yeah. So um, and I just want to say as a caveat for our listeners, we're not going to get political on our on our podcast. This is not that if you want political podcasts or political commentary, you know, subscribe to XM Sirius Radio and they've got, you know, 50 different news things. Um, we're not going to take a stance on either way. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're not, we're not going to, Mike and I have our personal opinions, but that's not what this platform yeah. is for. We're it's not, not gonna, red or blue. Yeah. We're not it's here to sway sense. you to, to votes or, you know, impeachment or. Yeah. Whatever. The shenanigans that are going on. Yeah. Fucking Ringling Brothers reincarnated in the lounge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mike, beep, 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 Mike, just, um, mm-hmm. before I forget, I did scrub the hard drives of all the emails. Told me. <laughs> yeah. I use bleach. <laughs> The Epstein files. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Dan, you want to hear my Epstein impersonation? Yeah, let's hear it. There it was. That's it. <laughs> you ready? One more time. There it was. Oh, but and, he didn't kill himself. No, and this is this is twenty <laughs> seconds after they found him. Ready? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, I need to get out of this jail. Uh, could you pop door seven for me, Hillary? Where's the fucking car, <laughs> bitch? I knew I should have left your ass for Monica. Shit. <laughs> Monica was driving. I'd have been gone by now. <laughs> Stupid bitch. Oh, that's hilarious. So, um, so Danny, tell our listeners about yourself, bro. Well, you, what's your current assignment? What you've been doing? What's your exposure? You know, why you're the real deal. Okay. So for the last 13 years, I entered my law enforcement career at 24. Um, at that time, uh, that was kind of before any of this political drama happened, mm-hmm. um, with what's been going on in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, I kind of came in and I'm sure Mike, you can say we came in kind of at the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite what it is now by yes. no, by no stretch, but it is, it, it began to escalate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can go into what started that and how it started. Um, but for 13 years, uh, I've been a road dog. Uh, I was a supervisor at one point, oh, um, yeah. but I, that's just not for me. I love Amen, the, I brother. Love the Give street. me some dab. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the street. Hey, um, you're in the right room. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. It's the former <laughs> strike right. club. When I hear, when I heard your guys intro about, I'm just a knuckle dragger on patrol. I'm like, that's, that's me. I'm you like, want to pay me what yep. you're paying Pound me? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to pay me what you're paying me to handle yeah. domestics? Yeah. And- fucking write a ticket every once in a while sure i'll do absolutely. it sure. absolutely right. no more say so no much more me. absolutely so um 13 years i've done all kinds of things i mean i've done temps here and there i've never really been permanently assigned to like de- be a detective or anything like that uh not because uh, i couldn't do the work i've done my own follow-up on cases and things like that but i just enjoy being on the street i yeah. love it i think uh mm-hmm. one of the uh i remember there's a se- there was a senior officer i know um, and one of the things I loved about him is, I mean, 25 plus years and he grinds yeah. every day and outdoes new people, yeah, nice. you know, and I love that. I was yeah. like, if, if I want to be anyone at the end of my career, like that's who I want to be yeah, because nobody awesome. respects commanders. I mean, yeah. especially the ones now, I mean, they're all yeah. for the, for the most part weak. Yeah. So, yes. but you get yes. that, you get that guy who's a road dog. And I mean, who, who takes care of his squad, looks out for his people, says, Hey, you know, uh, while everyone's politicking, he's like, there's that one guy working hard. Like mm-hmm, he yeah. should get mm-hmm. the respect, yes, like, you know, yes. and, and bringing that lone guy along who no one likes because he's out doing everyone on the squad. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he's quiet. He's not being arrogant or anything like that. So, you know, long story short, um, that's kind of, you know, where I see myself, you know, well, so go ahead, go ahead. Mike. Oh, no. So we went in the, we Rock, went paper, to, scissors. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We get excited. I want to have guests in here. I, dude. I, I, love, like, I love it. Yeah. Night turn, night turn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we went to, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we don't have video. <laughs> I, I have my hand up. <laughs> That's coming next. Video. Yeah, yeah. yeah video. Uh, we so when we're in the academy, <clears throat> a little bit about Dan, man. We're in the academy. We love to be in partners, like you know, mm-hmm. practical, like mm-hmm. com- you, you know, fight over who's contact, who's covered. I'm what covered. are you like, fucking six two? We're uh, how tall? Is five six, ten. I'm you're five ten. Yeah, but you're a fucking power lifter, Used right? Used to be, yeah. 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 You're retired. 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 <laughs> trying to save my back. That's I right. get it, bro. But in our prime, you know what I mean. When we came through, it was like we were always partners. We always did shit together. It was fucking. It was good times, man. Like you know those guys that are like. I'm going to hit a door. I want you there. And that's how we like were DG. always in the account. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like DG, Just yeah. like DG. DG. So we, that's how we started that. So it's not like he's some like, I'm a police officer. I mean, the dude <laughs> fucking Steve. looks like a, a Steve. cop. Yeah. A Steve. Yeah, he's not a fucking Steve. <laughs> but I, I protect the, the food lion yeah, parking lot. I am lot. a police officer. I like every 5'11 gadget known to man. <laughs> Check out this new flashlight I got from 5'11. Hey, how many arrests you made, Steve? Uh, three in six years, uh, yeah. I think. <laughs> One all, felony. All calls for service. <laughs> right. Man all non-self-initiated, <laughs> yeah, right? Non-self-initiated. Yeah. Um, so I want to go. I want to go. services. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> At headquarters, turning himself in. Oh. Did he go through the detector before I... Uh, okay, he's good then. When right? you pull out your handcuffs, you have to fucking have a, a WD-40 bottle next to you to, like, oil it. It's like the fucking Tin Man. Or they just stop carrying them because they don't even know where they are. Yeah, yeah. just like, yeah, I don't use those, so... Yeah. Hey, can can I, do you have a cuff right. key that you got to get on here? He's got fucking shackles that were used on a pirate ship. <laughs> like, what is this, bro? What key is this? You know we got new cuffs, right? <laughs> Uh, I want to go back. There's something that you said that um, that uh, I want to hit on. Um, you know, as far as commanders are concerned, especially now in the current climate, do you think that the majority of the problem that we're having with the commanders is these commanders came up during peacetime? Absolutely. And the wartime commanders um, that came up in the 60s, 70s, and 80s during the crack epidemic, the Correct. race wars and mm-hmm, stuff right. like that, mm-hmm. those are retired. Absolutely those are gone. Yes. And those were the guys that were knuckle-draggers like Correct. us three that were out there banging right. calls for service right. and that are real hard chargers. Sure. They came up through the ranks because that was what was needed. Right. Homicides right. were high. Right. Epidemic of drugs Open was air, high. Drug Bro- market, broken yes. window policing, broken window, all yes. that stuff. Yep. Yes. Yep. And now what we have is we have a cycle because police work comes in a cycle. Correct. Um, do you think that the issue is is that the academia commanders that have come up because they have test well, tested well are now being tested because now what we need are those wartime commanders? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think nowadays everybody puts all this emphasis on education. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. ev- education is not going to save you in a gunfight. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those wartime commanders that we were talking about, um, those commanders are looked at as being uh, too aggressive, uh, you know, alpha male. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, when you go into a barricade or you go into an active shooter, no one's asking you, where'd you go to college? Yeah. Exactly. And, and I have to agree with you. I think I, I know some people that have master's degrees or double master, double master's degrees and they're idiots. Correct. Absolutely. And I, mean, and yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't follow them into. A fucking room. Sonic, <laughs> you know, to buy a fucking milkshake. Absolutely. And the th- and I think the problem is, is that the processes now for sergeants, commanders, captains, lieutenants, 
I think they're more still in that mindset of administratively driven. Absolutely. Like inbox exercises. Absolutely. When you took your sergeant's mm-hmm. process, it was mostly inbox exercise. It was right? nothing police related. No, nothing. Yes, uh, maybe exactly. a scenario. No, no. May, not no. even no. a scenario. Okay. It, so it was I, it was how so basically uh, my uh my project that I had to do in my promotional process uh-huh. was so I had to meet with a, a, a officials some who were law enforcement and some who weren't yeah and I had to present how I would create a community policing style um, uh objective you know and I mean I, I had to you know BS it the whole way through because yeah. I didn't agree with any of it yeah. you know what I mean but well, and 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 my lieutenant's process that I took was the same so the lieutenant's process was you, they put you in a room mm-hmm. and you write a scenario mm-hmm. and you have 15 minutes to prepare. You walk across the hall and you walk in there and there's a podium and there's like 10 people sitting in front of you. And what the scenario was is that um, 25 cars had gotten broken into the night before and they've had two homicides in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you had to go and do a community meeting. Mm-hmm. I was part of community policing mm-hmm. unit for so mm-hmm. long that that's like a fucking softball. That's right. like that's that's me all day. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need to prepare. So I went in there and there was one person that got irate. They stood up and they screamed at you and they mm-hmm. storm out. Mm-hmm. And it was all to get you to to follow that person out yeah. the door and disqualify you. Mm-hmm. Your attention is diverted to one person instead of the general 15 people that are in front of you. Right. And then there was an inbox exercise. And then there was an exercise where you sat in front of your uh, three sergeants that work for you. Mm-hmm. And one of them is insubordinate. And one of them is like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm not doing anything. And you have mm-hmm. to Nick. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, now. Yeah. Now. And uh, uh, a year ago, it was. You like that, Sarge? Yeah. Is that nice? <laughs> Two more fingers. Um, and then when I left, when I left that process, it was nothing geared towards. Right. Uh, anything extreme mm-hmm. and and what i had prepared for for that process was a riot a school mm-hmm. shooting something right. of substance and it wasn't there mm-hmm. uh just recently we had a sergeant's promo- process same thing um going through the lieutenant's process coming up i'm sure it's going to be the same because from the announcement it's an inbox exercise mm-hmm. and we're repeating that vicious cycle that's what they want right and that's and and i think that's where they we're don't want cops. Yeah. well they I'll don't get, want cops if i could if i could add one thing yeah absolutely. so i remember uh i was taking a leadership class and uh oh those part, are fun oh and you know and it's this is like to prepare future leaders right mm-hmm. and you know one what of the coffee mug to buy right yeah. and one of the scenarios <laughs> is like you have this officer and uh you know he's your top producer and you know let's say narcotics i'll use as an example you know yeah. Uh, he makes the most drug arrests on patrol. He puts in for it. However, somebody else gets it. Now this huh. guy is extremely disgruntled. Huh. What do you do? And then the what they were looking for was like punish that officer for his bad no, attitude. Well, I would be pissed too. Yeah, I'm like if you're grinding every day. Yeah, and I mean the the leadership training is all this group think crap yeah where if you don't think like i think you're not as good as me you yeah. want people who don't agree with you right. that's what you want yes, you look at the best progress. leaders out there they had people that don't agree with them because hmm. you right. need that that's interesting that's right um uh-huh. i got an email from somebody that uh in texas where they started a podcast and one person was on a uh uh, uh a specialized unit list mm-hmm. and because they started a podcast they were passed up Oh yeah! <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Shocker. Third person story, not firsthand. <laughs> yes, yes. So, hmm. 
Um, it's funny that you guys are saying this because so as our union guy, I went to the acad I went to our academy graduation, right? It was good to see, I think there was like over, it was like 115 or something like that, and 100 recruits or something from all these agencies um, graduating. And I go, and I'm like working patrol, and, you know, patrol uniform, patrol car, show mm-hmm. up. And those guys, because I see them from the track, you know what I mean? They were showing me more love than their own fucking chiefs of their department. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. coming up, lining up, you know, I want to ask you a question. And these guys don't even work in our fucking agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when I and now that, that felt because I remember I'm happy for those guys, man. I'm I we need guys that want to be here right. in this Absolutely. profession, especially Absolutely. now more than ever. And there's a lot that are in it that don't want to be exactly just, just sitting right holding the spot. Right. When you got qualified people trying to come through and they're just not making the cut for whatever right. reason because they don't fit whatever they're looking for. Right. So <clears throat> so I went to so there was a so at the academy, and all the all the chiefs and sheriffs are there. Everyone's there. All the big wigs are there. The commanders, and they had a keynote speaker. Okay, a, a black female chief from the U.S. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, very professional, very nice. Um, she gave a speech. She started to talk. You know, and. It was almost like I'm I'm listening to her speech and I'm like, wait a minute, because it's so bad now because you want to see where these leaders are, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you have real leaders over here and then you have people trying to get their narrative out there over here mm-hmm, that are in a leadership mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. OK, and that's what I'm like, OK, which side is she going to fall on? And it was the narrative side. Mm. And I just fucking shook my head. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding. Yeah, me. They don't need to hear this shit. Right. right. Talking about. Don't overreach in policing. Right. Don't forget, like, you know, where you come. Like, not don't forget where you come from, but, like, be careful in overreaching. Like, know your boundaries. Well, she's not overreaching. Like, just... Like, overhanded policing. Okay, so... Like... Defending yourself when you need to and things like that. Yeah. So, like, at two not, in the morning... Not a warrior mindset. She right. was saying something else. I wrote it down. I can't a remember. A guardian yes, mindset. guardian mindset. Yeah. Not a warrior mindset. Right. But a guardian, you're not going after it, but protecting. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like, I got to been left. I'm like, right. I can't listen to this shit. You just can't stomach you it. You can't. Like, because it's you... ridiculous. Right. They, they, these people are on a high. Sure. And she didn't even come in uniform. Right. She oh, came in a business on. suit. Which and you're that's a fucking great example. Exactly. Right. Right. You're a chief of police. Right. You have a you lot know? of pride in your agency. First of all, even... she had like a 20 minute introduction right. that could have been fucking five minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Wait. all of her degrees. Oh, I've that. been in this. I've been in that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on this council. I've been in this, uh, you know. How much um, time are you spending leading? Yeah, exactly. When you're getting all those yeah. certifications. Bro, I, I got up and walked How about out. Commander? I'm like, I can't. I got a better one for you and I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. How many commanders do you know that wear their bulletproof vest at, at work? None. Why should they? None. Right. How Nothing many happens do you know? in a building? And how are you going to turn around and spew officer safety yeah, for violating policy? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't leave headquarters. Right. Hmm, interesting. What happens when there's a major crime scene? Exactly. What do you do? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. How many chiefs of police have you seen that don't wear their vests? Well, no, a better, better one. Ours uh, does. Ours does. Yeah. Ours does every fucking day. Every fucking day. But better than that. But they, all these commanders don't wear vests and they have take home cars. Absolutely. Well, let me ask Rolling you this. Is that when the camera's playing or when it's not? Cause a lot of times when it is, all of a sudden everyone's got their vest yeah, everyone's on. Got yeah. a right. Vest you know? on. <laughs> and, and here's the thing is, and Mike and I learned this when we, when we took over the union leadership mm-hmm. and we discovered this fairly, uh, on the onset early, 
And then now with this podcast, and I wrote it down um, was, and I said this to Mike a couple of months ago is, people are starving for leadership. Sure, mm-hmm. they are hungry. Everybody for wants leadership. to be led. Right. Everybody, and and a lot of the newer officers are are seeing around them what the what the hatred for police sure. is. Sure. And nobody's sticking up for them. Sure. Yes. Nobody nobody on the LE side is standing up and saying, no, that's fucking right. wrong. Right. Like, can I can I add something yeah, to that? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. this is what I tell a lot of people, like, you know, with with field training and stuff like that. When people ask me my biggest challenges and stuff, you know, how do you take a kid who's 22 to 24 years old, mm-hmm. just spent the last, you know, however many years in school. Now the narrative in colleges, universities is, you know, the police suck, mm-hmm. you know, they're racist, mm-hmm. they're this, mm-hmm. they're that. They're out to get you. They're out to get you. Mm-hmm. How do you convince him for forty to fifty thousand dollars a year to go through a six month academy mm-hmm. and then on top of it, you'll have no support from your supervisors, mm-hmm. no support from your commanders, and no support really from anyone. So, because even your own officers within your agency, we we kill each other. We're yeah, our own yes, worst enemy. Yes, oh, so yes. so you have no support. So how do you convince a new generation to say, you know what? I want to serve my community. I want to yeah. I want to be a police officer. I want to do this. I want to do that. You can't. So it, you know these leaders. Oh, I don't understand why our numbers aren't good. Well, I mean it's not yeah. raw. I mean I'm not a smart guy by any stretch of the means, but I can see it. Yeah. And these guys, if yes. they're so elite yes. with yes. all these pedigrees and they can't see it, yeah. or yes. maybe they're just ignorant. I mean I don't or know. They don't yes. Or they don't want to see it. They don't. It's easier to they're not want to see it because it's harder to fix it. Sure. It's harder to fix it. Like like this well, podcast. Like, like how do you see something you've never been exposed to? But that's, if you've that, never been a real fucking cop, how do you know what? But that's what we like. were talking about. That's was exactly right. Wartime, right. wartime leader yeah. versus right. peacetime. Right. Yeah. Peacetime leaders have had um, 20, 30 years of peace. Thanks of, to the sweat of the old guys. Yes. Correct. Right. Yes. So that stock, that credit yes. is now yes. in the right. red. Right. It's overdue. Absolutely. Like I, I mean, there's, there's, there's several leaders in the law enforcement community right now. Um, that are dying off, that right. are retiring off, that hold a skill set that sure. some of these others, um, like promotional processes based on resume. Right, right. Your resume doesn't tell me whether or not I want to lead you. And that's exactly right. So right. going back to, you know, this keynote speaker, you know, um, she, I'm like, I was telling DG this, I'm like, what if, <laughs> imagine being like a recruit mm-hmm. sitting in the front and they're like, hey, we want to introduce this. We got a guy. We got a. We got a chief here, who's the chief. chief. Actually, no. We got a guy, road dog here. His name's Dan. Dan has a record of four hundred felony arrests, <laughs> no null process. So you know what I mean? Right. Like, all pleas, all convictions. Yeah. <laughs> all <laughs> and fucking with a with an astonishing record of forty seven motions to suppress, none lost, undenied. Yeah, yeah. none denied. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Like change four hundred lives. You know, how much more fucking respect? He's still on his first marriage. He's present with his kids. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, how about that as a keynote? How, how about that as a keynote speaker where um, the person who goes up to the podium is not wearing gold patches or gold badge? Right. Exactly. Right. He, here, here's here's Bobby. Right. He's been with um, blah, blah, blah agency for 31 years. Mm-hmm. All 31 as yeah. a patrol officer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 4,000 felony arrest, whatever right. the fuck it right, is. Right, you right, know? right. Sure. Uh, you know, 2,000 VUSs. Uh, in his career, 350 DUIs, survive one. That's the guy I want to fucking fuck. Absolutely. That's the guy you want to front to meet those guys. But that's the ones they demonize now. They're like, we don't want you. Because you know why? Because those guys 
they expose them. Yes. And then what these what these people are worried about is now their credibility is gone. Yeah. Because yeah. I always say cream rises to the surface eventually. Mm. So you can only hide what you are for so long. Mm. And then eventually it comes out. I like yeah. that. And a if lot. you surround yourself with like-minded group think people, yeah. well, you, you're good. And and I'll 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 draw from personal experience. So um I'm not sure how many episodes you've all listened. of them. Okay. So I was a sergeant for seven years. Mm-hmm. I left the agency. I came back. They brought me back as an officer. Soon as I hit the ground running after they put me through field training again, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. Right. Soon as they put me through field training again. <laughs> Which you didn't need. <laughs> Check a box. <laughs> so after they put me through field training, I hit the ground. Mm-hmm. I start going to old spots when I started 14, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. old drug spots, mm-hmm. get search warrants on hotel rooms, doing all this stuff. Then I get sat down. Uh, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. You're too aggressive. Right. I don't like your policing style. You operate too much in the gray area. You have a search warrant. So, so What's what gray that, about so, it? So, so what did that do to me? What did yeah. that do Blacklisted to me? Blacklisted you. Right. Oh, totally. Parking, and then on top of that. Parking lot pirate. There you go. Yeah. Sit down yeah. don't do nothing. Right. I, I'm a fireman right. now. Right. I fire dispatch. Right. I go when you tell me to go. Right. Just, you know, I, I, I had one of the largest methamphetamine uh, cases in, in our department's mm-hmm, history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nothing. I heard that episode where you talked about like the old hand to hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody that. knows how to do that right. anymore. No. It's Nobody a dying. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 got, I got a story no. about Go that. Go ahead. Hand, you it. know what hand to hand is now? What? Hand to hand is when you order Chipotle online and you pull into the parking <laughs> spot for online pickup and they hand you the bag <laughs> right, with right. your burrito. <laughs> right, right. And that's a hand to hand now. Right, right. Like for new officers, that's a hand to hand. Sure, sure. And now Target has hand to hands. <laughs> yeah. Walmart has hand to hands. Hand to hands are out of fucking control right, now, right. bro. Oh, yeah, geez. yeah. And why would you not do them? Because no one knows how to do. No one knows when can I stop. When can I do this? Oh, probable cause. I, no, no, no. What's the difference between probable cause and reasonable suspicion? It depends uh, on the day. Right. It sure. depends on the day. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm good to go right, right now. Right. But. Even I remember, Mike, when we when when we were in the academy, um, you know, you could go to knowledgeable people who were instructors and be like, how do you do this? And they will tell you. Yeah. And that level of experience, because they put all the flunkies in the academy. Now, I'm not saying all. I know a lot of solid people in the academy that are like, look, this works better for my family, but they got a good track record. I mean, they've been grinding for a long time. And I will say I will say that we're pretty fortunate with our agency. And mine that, too. Yeah, yeah, we will not allow anybody to go to the academy. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a flunk out. Mm-hmm. The two that we have in there, rock solid. Right. Really right, good resume. Right. And that's what you need. That's I, what you need. I remember going through the academy, the ones from your agency. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, they were no joke. I yeah. mean, I mean, I remember uh, the one who used to throw our uniforms out at the end of the line, you know, I mean, just no joke, you know, and and uh, I mean, it was great, you know, yeah. and, and I loved it. And, that, and that's what brings legitimacy to the the academy, because right. when yeah. I went through the academy, our agency had two people up there that were no bullshit. Right. But there were other people that you clearly know that they were up there because they yeah. either shot themselves in the thigh R- right. or they got caught <laughs> yeah. doing something that yeah. they shouldn't have done. Right. And it's yeah. just easier to keep them out sure. there and sure. forget about it. Right. And that gives you just horrible training. Spot. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So what's your story, man? You said you got something for that Nothing, hand-to-hand stuff? It's just, uh, you know, you you do, like, common things. You know, like, I know, you know, training new people and stuff like that. Common things, uh, you know, walking up to a group of people, like, you you smell the odor of marijuana. Mm-hmm. You're covered. 
There is no one that can sue you civilly. Right. You walk up to three That's people and you smell it. And you let's say you're training someone or, or you got a newer officer or whatever. And you're like, hey, man, we're going to stop these guys. We're going to detain them. We're going to search them. We're going to isolate the odor. We're going to do everything we yeah. need to do legally, right? Because there's where there's drugs, there's guns. There's, where there's guns. guns. There's drugs. Where there's guns, right. there's money. A money yeah. obtained Classic. illegally. And, yep. you know, that's, that's our job, right? No. So, uh, be- <laughs> so, so, yeah. And you go and you, and you get newer or, or what have you. And they're like. Hey, uh, you know, let's do this. Like, I don't even know if we should, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm like, I don't think we can search them. You know, oh what, God. what have you just learned? Like, yes. what, what have you been learning? You know, no, so then you try to give me permission. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, uh, you know, and, uh, that's just kind of, you know, I think that goes back to just what they're being taught. They're not being taught the skills yeah. that they need to have, you know, and yeah. that if you are teaching them or trying to do that, you're being blacklisted. You're too aggressive. Totally. Uh, yeah. You know, you didn't clear that search warrant with, uh, you know, your detective unit before you went and got it. Well, a magistrate just signed it. Yeah. Or, a, you know, district attorney, however you guys do it. And, but you, you know, you, you cross the line. You know, how, mm-hmm. how does that, how, how does it yeah. even, you know, yeah. they There's, should be praising you. Yes. Saying, yes. I'm, yes. hey, come do roll call training. Hey, oh, you need to write a search warrant. Hey, go get with, go get with Nick. He did one. Yeah. He just did one last week. You want to get it, get it from him. Like, you should be praised for those things. Doesn't you know, pe- people always ask me, you know, they say on my class A's with uh, like all the brass and all the stuff from over the years, I wear none of it. Mm-hmm. It means nothing to me because I've watched people that wear that stupid firearms pin yeah. as if that means something. And I'm like, you don't do anything. Yeah. Like you wear all your medals and you're worthless. Yeah. So it's like, funny that you say that because, um, like a week ago, I got a uh, commander's commendation for something that I did and um, went into my sergeant's office. He wanted a meeting with everybody. And he was like, hey, um, make a copy of that certificate and and give it to me. and I'll put it in your squad file. I was like, you can have the original. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't want to bring it home. And I go, dude, I got a tote full of them. Right. I said, you know where that got me? <laughs> right where you see <laughs> these <laughs> fucking silver patches right now. Like, I don't need... I don't need a certificate right. to tell me that I'm uh, that right. I'm good to go. Sure, sure. You know? uh, all right, uh, let's take a quick break. We're gonna take a break. What do you? What do we got? America. Yes. America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I like the twist. Remix. Do you want to help the Roll Call Room podcast keep going? Of course you do. Join Patreon and pledge to the show each month. Tiers start at $5 and you can get some pretty cool shit with it, including swag and access to listen to episode clips early. So put that Starbucks coffee down and help my dad keep the show going. Don't be a fucking Steve. Go to rollcallroom.com to pledge today. All right. Hey, we are back. Happy New Year. Great. Happy New Year. All right. <laughs> All right. On the phone is the one, the, the only one. Chief <laughs> Harvey is on the phone again by popular demand. I yeah. can't tell Welcome you back, Chief. Chief, I can't tell you how many emails we got and how many messages that we got from your appearance. 
Uh, thank you again for coming on again. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hey, well, first of all, happy new year to everyone. And, uh, man, I appreciate the kind words. It's always good to get, you know, when you told me to ask me to come back, I said, well, hell yeah, well, here I am. You know? So, uh, yeah, let's start the new year. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. So the last episode <laughs> that you were on, um, we kind of ran out of time and, and we really wanted to hear the mental health piece from you, especially, uh, you've been in the game a lot longer than both of us probably combined. Right. Um, so a legend, a legend. you're a legend. Chief. <laughs> so, um, nah. uh, the floor is yours, sir. And I appreciate it. You know, uh, you guys have been talking about mental health and emotional wellness. I think that's, a, that's maybe the most important issue of today's policing. And, you know, we all have a story and I have one too. Uh, and, and so really what my message is, and I'm trying to get out to officers, um, is, is when we fall, because we are going to fall in this profession, mm-hmm. uh, how do we get back up? Yeah. Right. And so we're trying to prevent us from falling, but life sometimes hits us so hard that we get knocked out. So I, I describe it as a boxer, right? Boxer gets knocked down and life knocks us down once in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I say to that, get up and fight. When you get knocked down, get up and fight. But, but there are times, guys, where life knocks you out, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking yeah. about, I mean, something happens in your life, your family, something, and it knocks you out. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like to describe what we should do as, just like a boxer, when he gets knocked out, stay down as long as you can before the 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's what we do during those nine and a half seconds that's going to dictate our future. Yeah. And so, listen. When you get knocked down, get up and fight. When you get knocked out, it's time to do some things about, uh, you know, to help you. And, and that could mean you have to reflect on what happened. How did you get from, you know, from point A all the way to getting knocked out in life? What happened? And there are probably a lot of things that happened that we didn't deal with. And, and then we have to be brave enough. And I'm going to say brave enough to go get counseling and talk to people that are experts in this field. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to think like, like, like most people counseling wasn't for me. Yeah, That's yeah. for weak people. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you guys, you guys are help turning that around because it's not for weak people. It's for people that understand that we can't do this alone. And so I had to go get counseling when life knocked me out. And I tell you, I was hesitant at first, but when I did it, I got to tell you, it was one of the best things I ever experienced because there's something about talking about where you are uh, and being a very, very real about it. And that, that's, 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 uh, it's healing, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and then when, when you get validated on your feelings and all, that's a very powerful thing. Yeah. So, yes. so uh, yes. it's very, very important that, that, that we seek counseling. I think that's an important area, especially I think, and speaking from experience, I think for me, my best experience about counseling is, is it's a complete stranger. It's nobody tied to the agency. There's no judgment. There's no, you know, I'm not going to tell this person cause then I have to fear retribution or retaliation at work yeah for for me for me um i'll share a little bit about my stuff um i was just like you chief i was like oh you know yeah counseling's for soft like i don't i'm I'm not gonna put money in that bullshit and then you know what drew me to counseling was i was um 
You good? All right. Anyways, what drew me to counseling was my, I was having issues in my marriage. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Just communication was bad. Uh, we were two ships passing in the night. I was operational, all work, work, work. You know, she was all business at home and it just wasn't, we weren't, we weren't on the same page and it was going downhill real fast. And, um, so I said, you know, let me throw, you know, this life raft out there and see if this can help. So I met this guy, you know, <clears throat> former, like this guy's like a former Navy SEAL, man, like legit, like went in to do like be, become a therapist and specialize in like military first responders, guys that got like sleeve tattoos. And he was just like, right. he's super cool dude. And it was just me and him. And I'm paying this guy a hundred dollars an hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, and he's right. like, so what's up? And I'm like, it was refreshing to get that insight because what you have is you get your wife's opinion, which is, you know, everything you're doing is wrong. Right. And then you have your coworkers. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Everything you're doing is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you get that third right. party and he's like, okay, this is why you think this way. This is how you see things. This is your under, these are your, like I said before in the previous episode on boundaries, not like just physical and cheating, but just like emotional intellectual boundaries. But that, the therapy for, I've been doing it like two years, it gave me, and I go once a month, I try to, but it discernment and understanding. Yes. Yes. And better for me, man, because I'm like, okay, now I can be a better husband. I can be a better father. Right. Yeah. I understand, okay, this is what my triggers are. It's it's not necessarily because of me, but things, other things, other, like these things. I'm, I'm wired differently. Right. And this is the reason right. being. So it, it was like, to go with what you're saying- I know if Bobby was here right now, he would he would contest contest you know was contest to this whatever it's called. Um, he would agree with this, yeah, and say that this is freaking this is exactly what he went through, and this is why this is so critical for these guys. Because and I'll make my last point, and then you can go ahead, Chief. But my point is is like, and I was just talking to a guy in the locker room about this earlier at work. We how do we know when things are happening to us if we've never been exposed to them? Mm, yeah. Yeah, you can go yeah fucking that's 10 a great question. Dude, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can go 10 years, man. Like me, I went 10 years. I thought I was doing everything right. Mm. No one told me yeah. anything different. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, there's this, hey, over here, there's this thing. And, and then I started, like, reflecting, like, wait a minute. When I came in, remember, it's just, it's crazy, man. Because back in the day with war, they were like, oh, it was shell-shocked. And then it was this from, you know, you know, guys were using heroin in Vietnam or whatever. You know what I mean? And then there were all this shit was going on. And then they were like, oh, well, here's this thing called PTSD. Yeah. Right. So when I came, when we started, right. what was it? Booze. Yeah. Women. Money. Yeah. And but, lying will always get you fired in this profession. That's yeah. what they always, they drilled that shit into our heads in the academy. Four deadly sins. But why? Right. Mm -hmm. Why are those things the four things? Because it's the thing that you go to when you're trying to deal yes, with. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. That's my point. That's right. So how do we deal with these things better to avoid those things from happening? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with a guy yeah. who's been on the road or had a, you know, decorated 25-year career, phenomenal husband, phenomenal dad, and then he ends his life with a fucking gun in his mouth? Yeah. How do we get to that point? What happens? How do we change that? How do we fix that? How do we stop that? And, th and, th and that's... Well, I think... Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. that's how we stop. We have to talk about it and, and talk about it like it's, it's, it's the most important thing. And it is, 
And we got to change that picture in people's mind that if you talk about it, that's a, that's a brave thing. That's a courageous thing. And so we should be able to talk about it with no, like you said, no fear of retaliation. I hear that quite a bit. Yeah. And officers are afraid to talk about it for that very reason. Yeah. When, when, when I fell, when I fell, I, I finally looked at my life. I had to reflect that. I think we all have to do this. It's a very healthy thing. You have to reflect on your life and what's happened. Get this. So I, I didn't even realize that it wasn't the incident that made me fall. Although that was, that was very hard. It was all the things that I experienced through my life and that just broke me. Right. Mm, so it yeah. wasn't that yes. one. It was a, a many, many things. I can go up. back to, you know, when my mom, when I was going through the police caddy, my, my mom, my mother was 49 years old dying of cancer and she died while I was in the police academy oh, in Dallas. Yeah. And, and I, we, we buried her on Friday. I went back to the academy on Monday, mm, just oh like my. that. Mm. I, and so one of the things that I realized, I didn't even grieve my mother's death the way I should have. Mm. And, and that, that stays with you guys. And, and yeah. then I went to uh, off to war, right? 2003, I was in, you know, Kuwait city when the war started mm. and then, you know, just, Hurricane Katrina, I was over there a few days after that was, and just stuff at work and getting passed over for promotion and all those things that, that just mess with you and you don't realize. So I was one of those guys that, you know, listen, I'm good. Uh, That, that doesn't get to me, right? I'm good. Stress is not, that's for weak people. Uh, No, no, I was totally wrong and and it caught up to me and it bit me hard. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that is knowing that we're going through some stuff. And listen, you guys have heard this. When one of our off, one of our fellow brothers or sisters commit suicide, what do we hear? Man, I knew there was something wrong yes, with her or yes, him. Yes, yes, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. There was something wrong. Yeah, yeah. But we say that afterwards. We need to have those conversations before that happens. Yeah, and and, and I'll tell you, um, within our agency. That conversation is having happening a lot, Chief. We, Mike and I have people come up to us all the time now and say, you know, I listen to your podcast. I'm getting therapy now. Uh, I'm going to, you know, ma- marriage counseling now. I yeah. feel better now because I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, and I yes. think you're, you're, you're spot on. I want to get your opinion on something, Chief. How do, you, okay. how do you feel about PTSD screening annually within the agency? Um, is that something that, uh, that can, I mean, it's, it's like, like a mental health screening form. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be, yeah, detailed, but like a check-in form. Just, just like a checkup, just like we have our annual yes. physical. Right. 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 Uh, I, I, I think that's, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. Matter of fact, I think that's, that's a very good idea. Uh, we should be doing it in, in anyway. And, uh, so, so I think it's good as long as here's the most important thing and officers are going to have to feel that this is not some sort of uh, there's not going to be any retaliation. Right. Exactly. Matter of fact, it's going to it's going to be the other side. We're going to help you. And we're going to do everything we can to help you and uh, and and keep this going. So yeah, we have to make sure we manage that because officers are going to you know you know how you guys are, <laughs> and and uh, so we have to manage that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, know, we were talking about it a couple episodes. I'm sorry, Mike. No, we good, were talking good. about it a couple episodes because. Our sex crimes detectives do a PTSD screening every six months. Not very feasible for an entire agency to do every six months, but it's definitely it's something that 
is voluntary. Uh, it's not mandatory. Um, but I mean, I'd be we do, surprised. We do monthly uniform and equipment inspections. But we don't. We don't. I mean, there we, you go. We, you yeah, we mean? don't check we our brains. Yeah, we exactly. We yeah. have physical screens. You have great point. Fit for duty tests and shit. Why wouldn't this be a part of that? Yeah, we go to the range twice a year, but we don't. Yeah. We don't check driver refresher course, whatever you know. Yeah. So. We're just thinking outside. You know, I tell, of the box. I, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, no, we were just thinking outside of the box. What do we? What do we do other than this podcast? You know, I, I like that. You know, and and it doesn't have to be mandatory. I tell you what, if you have a culture from the top down that says, "Man, we strongly encourage you," and this is the normal conversation that we that we have, like you and I are talking, and everybody's listening, and uh, so we have that. We build a culture around that then people will go on their own. You don't have to make them do it. Exactly. And then, you know, our insurances cover that. Yeah. So most of the time it's free. Yeah. that. And uh, so if we strongly encourage that, but we got to talk about it. Hey guys, you guys have that. It's great. Y'all got to go check in. Y'all got to go get checked. I think it's good. Go talk to someone. And I think you're going to feel better about it. Yeah. That kind of thing. And, and, and once we get to that point, more people will do that. Yeah. And I think we were talking about it a couple episodes ago. There are so many organizations out there like bluehelp.org that, have mental health professionals that would do the screening for free. So it really wouldn't cost agencies anything. Um, so right. just, just food for thought. We're just throwing it out there. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, I like we're, it. We're, we're working on, um, we're finally, we, I just dropped off our final finalizing our 501 C three nonprofit for what we're doing here to, um, with our lawyer so she can finalize everything so we can get going. We're going to, we're going to be doing so much in 2020. It's going to be ridiculous. Obviously chief, you're going to be every bit a part of that, um, and we're going to take this thing to the next level. What I was going to say when Nick was when you were saying that, you know, if the officers buy into it, so we had this this week has been insane busy. But one of our guys, thirty one over almost thirty two years of service, retired. Uh, we had an outing for him. Everyone on the squad showed up. You know, we showed him a lot of support, a lot of love. Man, this guy's always been a mentor to me. I always look up to him. Um, so he's leaving the job. But after that, there was a, you know, um, we have two sides, an A and a B side. So there was a holiday party <clears throat> that uh, all the patrol guys, you know, midnight guys, they were having a Christmas party at our police association hall. And I showed up, you know, as a union president, you know, to show face and, you know, check in with the guys and girls and see how they're doing and wish them a Merry Christmas and yeah. everything else. And I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to say this without crying on the air. <laughs> But I had at least three officers come up to me and I'm sure it was the booze talking a little bit, but they were like, listen, man, I love you. I thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Wow. Like it's, it's it like I'm in counseling now mm. or I, I, after I had a rough DOA the other day and I throw you guys on in the cruiser mm-hmm. and I'm good to go. Yeah. And I'm like, love holy it. shit, yeah. man. That's, a, that's what it's all about. But that's a cross. That's what it's all about. And that's at a least cross. three that's to four it. guys came to me one on one. Can I talk? Pull me to the side, talking me in my ear, like, mm-hmm. man, you have no idea what kind of things you guys are doing for us behind the scenes. We can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. I was like, man, this is this man, is I, what I, it's all about. That's crazy. I love it, guys. It, it, there's a thing called leading up, and uh, that's when uh, I think we talked about it last time. There's a thing called leading up. You guys are doing that. You guys are showing us that are, you know, and, and, you know, chiefs and you guys are showing us how it's supposed to be done when it comes to, uh, especially this topic, but talking about the real things and talking to being real with people. And uh, we should be doing that at our level 
as well. So you guys are showing us how we should be doing this. You really are. Yeah. And, 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 and chief, I'll tell you, you know, in the beginning we were just kind of grasping at straws and now, um, I tell you, you know, reading up on PTSD and PTSI and, you know, all the things that agencies are doing across the United States, people send me articles and, you know, I'm reading them and, it's just a, it's just amazing how much now this is on the forefront of, of a lot of agencies' minds. I mean, um, um, chief. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're tracking this. I was, I'm trying to find the article online. I can't find it right now, but I, I saw it. Oh, you know, uh, one of our officers sent it to us on Facebook. That was the one. So they were saying that there's a statistic, and maybe you can, you can lean in on this. There's the highest rate of suicide, right? Officer suicides in the state of Texas. They're number one right now. That's, that what, that's what the article said. Really? Yeah. Texas is number one or something like that. They have the highest rate. And they so bad that they created a panel of chiefs of police to come together and try to remedy the situation. Oh, right. And and like around yeah. like a work group or something like that. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah no, you're right. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I know the article because I just and I think it's, it's an institute in Dallas. What yes. you're talking about. Yes, they yes, came yes. up with a board or some leaders around the state to come and, and really tackle this issue. And, and that's what we need. We need more of that. But I don't know about the uh, I, I don't know for sure about the. Uh, to be honest with you about the state of Texas, it may be because we're a big state. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just going to have more because of the sheer numbers. But, uh, but, but, but either way, I, I think that the fact that somebody's trying to do somebody uh, something about it, especially at that level, I think it's great, man. Yeah, and, and uh, I just I just watched a video this afternoon. Uh, a police chief in Florida mm-hmm. uh, did a video for his troops, and he talks about uh, getting mental health and. You know, same thing we were talking at the yeah. beginning, which was, right. you know, don't don't buy into the stigma, which is his therapy doesn't work. And then at the end of the video, he goes, the reason why I know is because I suffered from mental health issues um, and well, I was in a very dark place and I went and got help. Very yes. powerful, Love very it. powerful video. Because yes. As a troop, you know, and he's the chief of police and mm-hmm. listening to that, he was, I guess, sheriff down there. And um, listening to that, you're like, well, I mean, he didn't lose his job and now he's the sheriff of our agency. So I think the more people hear and get comfortable with it, uh, it's not a stigma anymore. And the numbers don't lie. I mean, we've lost more in 2019 than we did in line of duty deaths. We've lost more in suicides than we did line of duty. Uh, And that's Mm -hmm. scary. It's double the amount, which is scary. It is. You know, and how many of those could be prevented? Yeah. You there, Mike? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, buddy. Yeah, so so it, it it is very scary when you talk about, see, it's still happening. We still got a ways to go, guys, as you guys know. Uh, but but wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be something if we talk about uh, counseling or therapy in the same sentence as, hey, hey Mike, I'm going to go work out, as, hey, Mike, I'm going to go to my therapy. Okay, see you later, man. You know, like, no yes, big deal. Yes, yeah, yeah, bro. Or, right? or trade. Wouldn't, yeah. it, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or trade therapists as much as we trade, um, you know, recommendations for sports teams or uh, equipment, equipment, Fucking like 511 yeah, or Oakley I, glasses. I bought these new glasses versus, <laughs> hey, I'm seeing this therapist that specializes. Hey, you should check her out, man. Yeah. She's good with like, you know, like, you know, you seeing catastrophic incidences and shit like that. And I think the big thing with. Big time. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Chief. Go ahead. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I know there's a delay, uh, but I'm thinking because you guys have me thinking about a lot of things and, and, I, and I love it. But there's a group. And, and I think one powerful way, another powerful way is the one on ones is great. But there's also groups out there that that officers can um, can can get in. Like there's one in East Texas called the Warrior Group. And what they do is meet every Thursday. Mm-hmm. And these are first responders, some vets in there. And it's a very powerful thing because they meet and they talk about things out in the in the open. And and when somebody goes for the first time, they're surprised at how people are just being very open and vulnerable, right? Right. And and they get out of it just listening to others. And and so when you're in a group like that, that can be a very powerful thing for for officers. And and if you have one, you know, close to you, or I think that's a great way to to. Get, get somebody in front of, you know, people that are talking about it with, with no problem. Right. And, and I think that will encourage them to open up at some point. And that's the point, man. I, I think that's a great, great way of doing that. Yeah. And I, I think with the millennial generation and generation X joining the law enforcement community, more um, emphasis on technology therapy than in-person therapy, maybe something that we're going to need to look into. Um, like group therapy online, um, you know, millennials yeah, yeah. and generation X are more likely to log on to a computer or, or log on their, their smartphone than go down to the local YMCA for a support group. Uh, so these are, these are things that Very Mike good. and I are looking at for our nonprofit. These are things that him and I are looking at, um, for 2020. So, uh, it's coming. just, it's changing, coming. just changing the complete way that we handle mental health, uh, and PTSD, PTSI with, with, uh, law enforcement. So, um, great stuff. It is. All right, uh, Chief, we appreciate you coming on again. Um, we, we will definitely have you on for a third time if you'll have us uh, <laughs> come on. Uh, we love oh, having man. you on, man. A- anytime. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, uh, I just want to I want to plug your your book, which is uh, Excellence in Policing. Uh, it's uh, available on Amazon and Audible. I got it on Audible. Um, and you get to you get to hear the chief himself, uh, his audio, read you the book, which is pretty awesome. And I actually started <laughs> I actually started it again the other day because I, I, I like I like it yeah. so much. I re- yeah. I'm reabsorbing um, uh, what you got on there. Uh, chief, stay safe. We'll we'll uh, we'll have you on again uh, fairly soon. Um, and Mike, anything? Chief, I can't say enough, man. Thank you so much for all your uh, leadership. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for your movement and excellence in policing. Uh, we cannot wait to, you know, keep cranking out 2020 with you um, and getting our nonprofit off the ground and and changing, man. We're changing. We're changing the culture, brother. We're doing it together. I, I love, I love it. You guys are doing something special. 2020 is going to be a great year, and I'm here to support you any way I can. So you guys keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Chief. You take it easy, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Y'all take care. All right. Hey, it's Terry. And Claire. And welcome to Drunk Medical Stories, a podcast where two women who definitely aren't doctors discuss wild medical stories. With the aid of medicinal beverage of the boozy variety, this podcast is rated explicit for language and adult content. And we also do recommend a strong stomach. 
as we will be discussing the occasional graphic medical condition, such as hashtag assfish. Don't treat syphilis with malaria. You will learn why you never go from zero to mango. Hashtag drunk ass. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So if you're interested in two women getting drunk and giggling uncontrollably over medical stories found on Reddit, this is the podcast for you. So come on, come over to Drunk Medical Stories, have a laugh, a drink, and you could learn something. And if you would like more content, check us out on our Facebook group, Drunk Medical Stories Podcast, and we're on Twitter at DMS Pod. In a teaser, you should at least give something away. All I'm going to say is that it involves a frozen fish that went up somebody's rectum, then thawed, and could not come back out. And I just want you to picture that person on their stomach with the tail of a fish sticking out of their rectum. And if that doesn't make you laugh, this podcast probably isn't for you. If it does make you laugh, I highly recommend tuning in. The Drunk Medical Stories. We were staying in Paris to get away from your parents and I thought wow if I could take this in a shop right now I don't think that we could work this out out on the terrace I don't know all right we are back from break welcome back welcome back got my man Dan in studio what's up all right Daniel son Mike Sounds like we got this I know, one. Another books. one in the books, man. Know, we were just cooking, so fast, man. man. Sorry, we're about to jump in here and do it another one. Well, we'll do another one. Uh, Dan, you're gonna stick around for another one? Yes, yeah, stick sir. around. All right, awesome, awesome. Nice. Uh, you Appreciate folks you are gonna have me. to wait a whole week before you hear it. <laughs> so not us. <laughs> uh all right, folks. Listen, um, a couple of things. Um, um don't forget bluehelp.org. Uh, I want you guys to reach out if you need some help or anything. I want you to check out uh, rollcallroom.com. We got merch now, so you can get like uh, and share, share and like. Uh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> uh, we got hoodies, we got shirts, we got uh, decals. Uh, we have a couple other things that are going up on the website, so check it out. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel because there's exclusive stuff that's on YouTube that we release on YouTube. So you got to subscribe. Uh, go on iTunes. Leave us a review and leave a comment. Don't just leave us five stars. We love five stars, but leave us a comment. We love it. Um, email Mike at Mike at rollcallroom.com. He now remembers his password. I'll read it. Yeah. Uh, or Nick at rollcallroom.com. Um, reach out there. Uh, and like and share, share and like, share with your squad mates. Tell them about it. Share with the other jurisdictions, whatever you do. Yeah. And share it on your social media yeah, too. Share Twitter, it, yes, Facebook, share just it. Yes, share it. Yes. Uh, yes. We greatly appreciate it. Keep the, uh, roll call army going and, uh, be safe out there to each other. All right. Be safe. Man. Attention, please. Will the real Slim Shady be 